Welcome to the Elite Professionals in Coaching Podcast, hosted by Chris Aird, business owner and CEO of With Purpose, bringing you leadership, growth ideas, mindset transformation, and strategic information for the entrepreneurs, business owners, and community leaders. You will be encouraged, educated, and empowered to develop your people, implement your processes, and increase your income. Now get ready to listen to the newest episode of the Epic Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Elite Professionals in Coaching or Epic Podcast. My name is Chris and it is my pleasure to host you. You know, I just want to dive into this. Um, I care about you. I care about you. I care about the people that are around you. I care about you, uh, your business, your leadership style, how you articulate things. Um, and what I also care about is that you are going to function as a business owner, as a leader in community, as a human being, as a husband, wife, daughter, son, you name it, right? All of those roles and responsibilities, I care about the way you function without being burnt out, without being burnt out. This, this podcast here is going to be about identifying burnout and, and providing you some tips um, and some things that you can implement to help avoid or change the direction of being burnt out. So let me get into this. What is it? What does being burnt out mean? You guys have heard this before. It's burning the candle at both ends or burning the midnight oil, right? You know, I think that there are some, in some instances, some occasions where that needs to happen. However, the majority of our time, we should not ever feel that way, period. We shouldn't. So here's what it is. Being burnt out is basically a feeling of exhaustion and lack of interest in what we do on a normal daily basis. It could even be throughout the week or maybe a month. It's kind of a month. I think there's other situations or challenges happening. But it's really about going, I just don't want to be there. It might also feel like a lack of accountability. You're the only one available or capable to get the work done. This can happen in any occupation or industry. I've seen it happen here, folks. Um, I, I used to be a part of a worldwide organization as, a, as an executive director, and I saw my fellow peers, I saw employees that were just burnt out. Now, the catch was is that um, I would constantly double check in with my employees, uh, the, my coworkers that I was working with, and we were always able and free to hold each other accountable and to ask those those uh, truth-defying moments, if you will, to make sure that we were we were good, that all systems were go, if you will. Other people weren't so fortunate, um, and and you know, people um, job performance starts to slip, relationships start to um, windle away. Um, the the or the uh, the business that you're working for or the department that you're working in seems to start to get a negative reputation and so on. The list just builds from there. I've seen it, and I see even today, even yesterday, various signs from different types of business owners or others in their care suffering from being burnt out. There's a lot going on in the world. I'm not at all to negate that. I'm not at all saying that there isn't, but there are ways to handle it. There are ways to navigate that, right? So stick with me on this. Um, here's the catch. Most people don't even know that they're suffering for it or from it until it's too late. This is the way of the business owner. People are in there. You've heard it said if you're a small business, and most of us are uh, by any stretch of the imagination, 
uh, the Small Business Association um, will will classify an owner or a business as a small business if they have less than 500 employees. So the majority of the United States is taken up by small businesses. And a lot of the times, either we're just starting out or we're kind of in the adolescent stage, or even as we as we mature, a lot of the times we feel different aspects of being burnt out. And I'm not saying it's the one day I don't want to go to work. I, I'd like a day of vacation. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the things where you don't seem to have control and or people in place to handle those processes that are strategic, effective, and efficient, right? And so when we think about all of this, most people as a business owner think that that's the way it is. I'm supposed to work 12, 14, 20 hours a day, or I'm supposed to work seven days a week. I'm supposed to work on the weekend. Now, for some industries, uh, you're going to do that. I, I can think of right now of a realtor or a real estate agent. They're going to work in the evenings. They're going to work on the weekends because that's where the people are available the most that are not working an eight to five job. And so those people in service to their client, they're going to work those hours. At the same time for that group of people, what are they doing during the day when they're not showing homes and they're not doing paperwork? How are they handling their life? How are they handling their business? And this, my friends, is what we're really going to dive into today because being burnt out, I think, is probably a root cause of a lot of symptoms that we see on the surface. Um, So again, this is not the way of the business owner. People think it is. People believe that it is. Um, but you've got to put some parameters in place. You've got to put some boundaries in there. Otherwise, um, if they're not there, you're going to be kind of like all over the place trying to do whatever matters most to A, your client, or B, to everybody else to make them happy. When in reality, this is your business. It is your opportunity to create your culture, set some guidelines, parameters, boundaries, whatever you want to call them and have other people that you're servicing, if at all possible, meet you within those boundaries. I recognized a long time ago that more often than not, it backfires when I tell people that they look like they're being burnt out. It backfires. They need to tell me. So what I do is I ask them questions. If I have the glimpse that they are not doing well, that there's... uh, some key aspects of being burnt out, um, I start to ask them more thought-provoking questions that do not require that yes or no response. I want them to communicate with me. I want them to tell me their feelings, their emotions, their desires, their, their goals, where they've been, where they're at now, and where they want to be. And let me tell you something. It's not just for, um, it's not just for women who share with me. It's men too. Um, people that are that struggle, they feel like they're by themselves, even though they have a spouse working in the business. They feel like themselves. They don't feel like they can talk with someone else as a business owner or as a spouse or as a friend because they wouldn't understand. I totally get it. I've been where you're at, and sometimes I'm still there. But you've got to find people that you can talk to, that you will be able to have communication and connect with as well. And by the way, most people are on different stages along their journey of being a business owner. So for example, if you've been in business for 10 plus years, you're probably not going to speak to someone who, in this particular way, someone who is just starting out on their business. Their level of maturity as a business owner is not where it's at with you. And it's not high or low, it's spread out across. Just like the, um, the business owner that just started out would love to speak 
to someone that has been there in their shoes 10, five years ago. So all this to be saying is that when I get people to think these thought-provoking questions that go beyond the yes or no response, it gets them to um, unpack a little bit, unwind a little bit, build a little bit of trust between me and that person or me and that group of people so that they then are then possibly reaching out to me. And I'll tell you this, 9.8 times out of 10, they find themselves reaching out. It's kind of like, um, kind of like watching someone swim, right? Um, you can tell if you're in the water with them, how good of a swimmer they are, um, you know, having the fun, making sure that people are guiding by the, or living by the guidelines, like a, uh, you know, floaties or a, uh, a vest on, um, th those types of things. So the thing, the thing is, is while you're in the body of that water with them, you're having fun, you're interacting, interacting with them at the same time. The vantage point is different for the lifeguard. The vantage point is different from someone that is not in the water. Here's what they see. They see someone that might be struggling swimming. They might see some, some lapses, if you will, L-A-P-S-E-S, -S, uh, lapses in their, their trend of swimming or staying above water. That's, that's the vantage point from the lifeguard. When they see that, they can then respond. Or if it's a parent on a lake or in the body of a, a bigger water or an ocean, the, the, the people on the outside can jump in to go after that swimmer that is struggling. That's my role. That's my privilege is to be on the outside, that external perspective, that different vantage point to recognize when there are struggles happening within the chain of command, within processes, within people, within teams, within groups. And it is a privilege because I, I come in not as a rescuer, but I come in as a facilitator to make sure that people are getting out of A, life what they want, B, their workplace what they want, and C, relationships, whether personal or business. And so when we think about this life card, when we think about the vantage point, you as the business owner and community leader, I want to speak specifically to you right now. If you are a leader, and you probably are by listening to this podcast, it's absolutely essential to be in the water, but to have a different vantage point than being in the water at times with people. Does that make sense? You need to be able to come out of the water and not be in with the employees all the time or the coworkers all the time. You need to come out and get some rest. You need to come out and take a different view from a different point of advantage to make sure that as you're looking across this pool of people, processes, and this, this organization that you call a business of yours or a group of people that you're leading, that you are able to see everything that you need to see, that you are with your people, but you're with them from a different perspective. I hope this makes sense. Uh, if not, call me, reach out to me. I, I would really like to have that conversation with you. So this is me. And here, I want to give you some tips on some ways to avoid being burnt out. Now, this is while it's avoiding it. Let me share this with you. If you feel like you're in the middle of this right now where you just don't want to work in your business, it's, it's too hectic. I'm, you know, I created my business to be of service to people. And now I find myself washing windows and cleaning up the floor and, you know, moving paper along for HR and all that. That's not your skill set. You need to get out of it. You need to find something else. And we're going to talk about this here in a moment, but I want you to listen. So here are some tips. 
on avoiding or getting out of the rut of being burnt out. First of all, stop it. Stop. Just stop what you're doing right now. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Okay? Just stop. Stop doing what you're doing for a few moments. If you can give minutes, great. If you can give an hour to stop, wonderful. If you can give a day, even better, to stop doing what you're doing right now and focus on what's important. Just stop if you feel like you're burnt out, okay? Walk away. Um, walk away and, and take a look at the value of what you've been doing. So first of all, I want you to look back in the rear view mirror, if you will. And I want you to look at all the successes that you have, okay? Don't put excuses or reasons to them. Look at the successes that you've had over the last X amount of time. You get to define the period of time. What are those successes? Jot them down, write them down, list them, email them to somebody. Um, what I, because what I want you to start thinking about is brainstorming on how you got those successes, what made it great, and then to think about where you're at right now and if you'll still be able to achieve those successes if you're exhausted, if you don't want to be involved in your business or anymore or in the community, right? Um, figure out what stress points you have as you've stopped. What stresses you out? For me, I'll be honest, for, for me, if I feel like there's too much going on because of my personality um, and there are things that I, like there's more than, I don't know, I don't even know a number, more things than I think I can control and or have some sort of say in, I get frustrated. I get frustrated with myself first because I could have put that in a square peg or a round hole or something like that. So think about where you've been, where you want to be, and where you're at right now. Think about those successes, um, brainstorm a little bit, figure out what stress points you have, but just stop. That's number one, stop. A moment, minutes, a day, an hour, whatever you have, stop and do that for me. Do that for yourself. Number two, <sighs> prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. This is absolutely essential. What are the most important tasks and or activities that need to get done? In fact, you might think that there's 20 things that need to get down. I'm asking you to drill it down to one or two. In fact, there's an analogy that um, is out there and I've used it um, in my own teaching at a local university. I've done this with, with clients. If I were to put this big, huge water vase, this big, huge, empty water vase, it's about this big in front of you. And I gave you big rocks, four or five big rocks, some smaller rocks, and some sand and maybe water. What would you put in first? Most people tell me they would put in the water first or the little rocks. Now, here's how the order works. You put the big rocks in. They represent your priorities, the top five priorities for you. Whether it's a month, a week, a day, whatever the case might be, those are your Five priorities. Those are your big rocks that you put in that vase first. When you put in the smaller rocks, they'll actually trickle down and to get in between the crevices of the big rocks. They're not going to sit on top of those big rocks. They're going to shift a little bit and that's okay. Those are your sub priorities, if you will. So you have priorities one, two, three, four, five. If you have five, you get to name them, you get to number them. Or if you want to do ABC, 
however you want to work it, there's, there's a couple of different strategies. They all get to the same place. Those smaller rocks are your sub priorities. Okay. A one, right. Or one a, however you want to do it. The sand goes in next. And here's the really cool thing about the sand is it literally gets even finer in between the crevices and it will literally fill up the whole entire vase or the amount of sand that I've given you to fill it up. And that represents even sub priorities of those sub priorities, or you can, you can identify your priorities as work or personal top three on each, and then you can trickle it down from there in the water. That's whatever you can fit in at the end. Okay. So this is, this is the analogy that I'm giving you. It's about priorities, 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 figure out, the most important tasks and or activities, drill it down to one or two things that are that you can just bite off right now and get done and do a checklist and, and check mark it off, right? Um, if there's nothing pressing at the moment that needs to get done, think down the road. What needs to get done that's a priority for the month of X um, or this year? And then figure out some of the smaller priorities or goals that will help you accomplish those major priorities, okay? So one is stop, two is prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. Number three, organize yourself. Now, organization looks completely different to various groups of people and to different people, specifically, individually, as a team. Figure out what makes you work. Figure out what makes you work and live better. What will de-stress you? For some people, uh, they have a cluttered desk, which, as you've heard the saying, represents this intellectual mind, right? Other people like a very, very clean desk, um, and that's their way of organization. <laughs> Here's what I love. I love it when people put things in their calendar, and there's a little bit of a rhyme and or reason to it. For me, I color code my clients. I color code anything that I'm doing during the day, and I've memorized that, so it's just a quick uh, visual look and I don't have to click on the, the actual calendar event. I can see the color and I go, well, I've got an appointment. I have an amazing time with so-and-so client looking forward to it, right? I don't have to click on things to make sure that it's just all good to go. So prioritize. That works for me. It may not work for you and that's okay. Find out what works for you. Sometimes it, it can look like a better filing system. Maybe you need to add a team member or, or how about this? How about delegate some work? You know, we're only as good as what we're able to get done in X amount of time. And I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. I've, I've had people tell me if I only had X amount of new hours for the day, well, what would you get done? Because you're going to even want more time. The catch is, is if you stop, prioritize, and then organize yourself, you will literally be able to put things into its place. There's a lot of times where, for me personally, my personality, um, life just feels like it's in this big, huge, nice basket. I've got it all divided up and life comes around and throws me a curveball and the basket goes up in the air and everything is just hovering there. And it freaks me out for a brief moment. That's how detailed I am. I'm not OCD, I think. Um, but it, it's like everything's hovering there and I get, to, I get to pull this down and I get to put it in that spot. I get to pull this down. Oh. This is something new that life has handed me or that work has handed me. I'm going to pull this down and pull it over here, right? I get to visualize how this is. So I take time. I take moments 
to prioritize and then to organize what specifically is going on. The idea about delegating too is this, is when you're making the most of, when you delegate, you get to make the most use of your time, your responsibilities, your knowledge, and your skill set. And you're bringing somebody else in if they're not already a part of your team, but if they are a part of the team and they can handle, they can handle some of, not all, but uh, a project or a portion of the project or an added responsibility, that's something that you don't have to do so that you're not feeling like you're overwhelmed, that you're burnt out anymore. By the way, um, no man, you've heard this, no man is an island unto themselves. We do not have to do everything as leaders and business owners. We don't have to. In fact, um, I have a great happiness, a sense of joy um, when I've got the right people on the right bus sitting in the right seat. I really do because things are clicking, they're intersecting with one another. Uh, it's it's building and when it's just me, there's so many things that could come and break this finger that I'm, that I'm pointing up. Or if I've got a hand interconnected with a hand, it's really a struggle to break that individual finger because there's protection around that. That's what I'm talking about, right? So if you can organize yourself and make sure that you've got what you need and then hand some other things off, get a better file system. These are just examples, add a team member, whatever the case might be. Number four, find your time. Your time is this, it's your time. Not work time, not spouse time, this is just individual time and it doesn't have to be a whole lot. Maybe it's that um, it's just a simple break throughout the day um, where a few moments you can push away from your desk, you can go for a quick walk, you can um, get in your car and, and drive somewhere for a brief moment, play some music, listen to some music on some headphones, uh, go for a walk, whatever the case might be. You also may not feel that you can take a vacation. So if that's the case, then make it a long weekend. Uh, make it a three-day weekend or a two-and-a-half-day weekend. Uh, take some out, time out on a Friday afternoon and travel somewhere. Or if you can't, then set some time aside on a Monday morning and you can come back from being somewhere and that's your drive time on a Monday morning and then you're in the office refreshed. That's what I'm going for with you. I don't want you to feel burnt out. I, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. There is help. There is assistance. You just need to ask for it. We need to listen to it and figure out what works for us and then apply it. So anytime you find you time, you come back refreshed, renewed, restored, a better person, a better business owner. Your employees, your coworkers, your vendors, your clients will appreciate you even more for that. And you don't need to let them know. This is something that you should probably schedule on, uh, well, you get to call it weekly basis, a monthly basis, daily even, just to break away from doing work throughout the day. Also, when you're getting away, um, I have found, and I think you will as well, that we find that our creative juices flow a little bit. We think about things, again, from a different vantage point. And so we, get a, we can get into a glimpse of, of what is coming as your business grows and operates. When you're gone for a weekend or a, a vacation, and you may not be getting paid for that moment, or you are, but that time, that, that break away from the everyday thing that you're responsible for gives you a break and an opportunity to say, oh, this is nice. Maybe I can schedule another time, you know, two months down the road or three months or once a quarter. And it gives you an opportunity then to brainstorm to say, 
okay, so for me to do this, I need to have this done for my business. And therefore, I'm going to come back and make sure that this happens because I really enjoy this time, right? So now all of a sudden, you're starting to think about growing your business as well. So I just want to share that with you. And lastly, is just make time. Just make time. Time to grow your business. It's a process. It doesn't come overnight. Um, to get where you're going from point A to point B to point Z does take time. So it's making sure that you take that time, that you seek assistance, even if it's outside help. It's probably the best. But then you've got to find ways to implement it. And, and put some benchmarks around that. Put some goals around that as you're implementing these new processes, as you're, as you're implementing this new growth procedure for you and the people around you, your business, your, the leader, the, the, the community or the team that you're leading. They're going to grow right alongside of you. I promise you on that. Promise you. As, as you're setting the example, they're going to follow suit. It's a beautiful thing. It's rocky. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It can be rocky at times, especially as you're kind of shifting things around and, and making something new out of something old, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So I care about you. I really do really, really do. And I care about your business. And you know, one business that decides to close its doors this year is one business too many. In fact, the, uh, the statistics is anywhere from 400 to 600,000 businesses close their doors every year. Oh my gosh, can you imagine um, all the different types of services we could choose from, the different types of industries if people were just to kind of go, wow, you know, this isn't, this business owner thing isn't what I really expected or as an employee of a place, this isn't what I really expected and there was some sort of process or plan to help them navigate that. Could you imagine if those businesses were still in business today? I do. I do. I think the world would be a completely different place. And uh, it's my mission to, um, to help even more people, to help come through with uh, just in encouragement, education, and then leave them with tools that empower them for, for years to come. It's been a privilege to host you. My name again is Chris, and uh, I am the host of this episode of Epic. Um, I, I hope to hear from you that you'll leave your... Um, that you will leave your thoughts or comments. Um, email me. You have that link. Phone me. I'll take your call. Um, but it really is a, is a pleasure to host you and to bring something of enlightenment, encouragement to you, as well as education. I hope that this, this conversation today empowers you. Um, make it a great day and live with purpose. Thank you for listening to the Elite Professionals in Coaching podcast. If you want to stay in the forefront with business strategies and ideas, leadership conversations, tips and empowerment, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and then share with your friends and fellow business owners. For more information about With Purpose and their services, visit www.withpurposellc.com.